and welcome to the Christmas special of XP Games. I am Santa Claus, and I'm here with my co-host. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to a very special Christmas episode of XP Games. My name is always Is McThane, and I'm here with my co-host and favorite Christmas helper, Mr. Silverstrike, baby. Absolutely. We're going to be going over the year in retrospect, everything that we've done, all the things we've been through, the growth of this podcast since we started back in February, the major events of the year, the major releases of the year, and our plans for next year, and what we hope to be doing with this podcast. Hopefully, you're going to be along for the ride. We look forward to it, but we won't keep you waiting. See you on the flip side. Have a merry good time, everybody. What what do, what do people usually do on Christmas, Thane? Do you happen to know? In my line of work, they sign up for charity a lot. <laughs> uh, just saying. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they buy video games. How's that? They play video games because they get them as gifts. Or they give them as gifts. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. Uh-huh. Just saying, uh, my, uh, my, my account name is uh, whatever, blah, 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 <laughs> just in case anyone wants to, uh, you know, gift me a few thousand copies of stuff. That would be awesome. Yes. So. Preferably not like disgusting, lolly, weird games. But anyway, moving swiftly onwards. Well, it's a good thing you can reject uh, gifts. Um, yeah, no, right. <laughs> rejected. Access denied. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so, so here uh, we are. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Welcome to the Christmas special, everybody. We are meandering around at the beginning of the episode, as we always do, but we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about this time. We're looking back over all the things that we've done, all the major releases this year, and everything else that's happened, all the flops, all the weird flip-flops, overturns, crashes, toilet flushes, everything that's happened basically this year in the gaming world, uh, and we're going to be recapping it right here on XPG. Don't miss it. So we should look back at our previous episodes. It's been an interesting year so far. Yeah. And it's been our first year. Actually, we're, we're celebrating. When, when did we start? Is this, uh, this is Whales, Dolphins and Clams, yes, right? Yes. Whales, Dolphins and Clams was released February 24, 2018. There you go. We're not quite one year in, but we're very close. We're very close. We're coming up on our birthday. We should do something special for a birthday episode as yes. well. <laughs> the, that would be, that'd be really cool. one year anniversary. Well, as it as it yeah. happens to be, I think it was the twenty second of February is when Anthem comes out, right? Oh boy! And the twenty fourth yeah, so. is our birthday, so maybe we can do like a stream or something. That would be really cool, actually. Yeah, um, that would mean that we would need to get our hands on Anthem nice and on early hmm. on hmm. release day. I don't. I, yeah. yeah. Let me let me think about. Oh, maybe that'll happen. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe Look, watch the space, maybe. folks. Watch this yeah, space. Maybe that's the thing. You know what's going to be right here on XPG. Okay, so uh, getting into yes. it though. So we did start back in February. That was our first episode: whales, dolphins, and clams. It was our monetization special. Yeah, the, it's what we covered. Two and a half hours of absolute delirium. Absolutely, man. I think yeah, we weren't drunk, but really, we could um, have been. We we can we can just say we were drunk, can't we? I mean, <laughs> we were we were drunk on power. <laughs> but yes, yeah. Anyway, so that was where the Destiny Two meme started. Not the really good one. Not the best no. one. That's what Guardians do. No, but we not we that did, one. We did kind of shit on Destiny Two for a bit there. 
at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. We, why? Why, you ask? Why? Because that's what Guardians do. We also expressed our concern about Anthem, which is, coincidentally, one year before release. Oh, interesting. Interesting, yeah. And now we're, we're, still, we're still doing that. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting, you know, in, in February to look back on our first episode after we've played it for a bit, and then we, we can go back and listen to our concerns. And maybe we'll be like, yeah, I think that's, these are all yeah. totally unfounded. Or maybe we can be like, well, we were right. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> we were right all along. <laughs> Hate to say I told you so. All right. Anyway. Um, yeah. Totally needs to be another jingle. We need that one as well. <laughs> we totally need that one. Okay. So yeah, we had our first episode, Whales, Dolphins, and Clams, the two and a half hour monetization special. That was the beginning of our Destiny 2 meme, as you have noted. Yes. Uh, we made very, very many attempts at intros and outros. Oh, yeah, we did. And eventually settled on the one that you now know and love. You'll you'll probably never hear all the failed attempts. You you won't. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> anyway, um, and uh, yeah, so then we moved on and we did exploration and discovery. Uh, we talked about survival in RPG games. This was the beginning of our our specials on the types of games, the what we love about video games series, I yep. believe, the exploration and discovery. And, and then we had uh, the move into strategy on RTS and various other things. So we had keeping it real-timed and strategic. RTS, yeah. real-time strategy. Oh, my gosh. It's such a brain bender. Um, I, like, I like our episode names. I really do. I'm very proud of them. Yeah, man. <laughs> Oh, they're they're like rich, rich with dad jokes. There's only <laughs> it's so there's bad. only one of them that I kind of regret, and that's the next one. Shoot, shooting virtual guns in video games. Yeah, that's a little bit a little bit that's dry. That's the <laughs> safest title ever. <laughs> I know, right? It's I about know, guns. Absolutely. Better make it not offensive, guys. Yeah, man. Meanwhile, in the rest of the episode titles, like the dad jokes are yeah. just rife in the land. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Did you know, like, actually, in my uh, in my new workplace, I'm one of the oldest people there, and I've gotten this reputation as like the dad of the, the office. The dad of the already. office. Yeah, I, I'm like the dad of the office. Like the CEO is older than me, and there's one other guy who's older than me, but I'm the dad I, of the office. It's I, really I, I can believe that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just kind of like that. Anyway, <laughs> moving onwards before this gets too creepy. So we've got shooting virtual guns in video games. We're talking about shooters. Destiny 2, of course, because the meme lives on <laughs> and will probably never die, because that's what Guardians do. Um, you know Guardians can't die, so therefore Guardian-based memes also cannot die. Um, and then we have a legendary RPG, reference to a legendary syndrome, as opposed to something being actually legendary. Yes. Um, kind, of a, kind of a difficult one to put into words, yeah. the difference between something actually being legendary and just being another legendary if that makes any kind of sense to anybody <laughs> listening to this but uh anyway yeah if you've ever had to pick up a drop and you're like it's a legendary but it's also a legendary yeah it's just a legendary just just a legendary maybe we should have made that yeah. the title who knows anyway uh yeah before we uh, suffer too many regrets and have to go and get a couple of beers to continue uh we also have oh man this is one of my favorites chicken what shooters <laughs> yeah that's that's so good it's such a good name it really truly yeah, I'm, is I'm, I'm um, proud about that yeah <laughs> so we're we're continuing our our shooters emphasis here we were talking about uh battle royale and of course chicken something chicken run shooters that's what you invented oh you spoiled it you spoiled it what are you doing man yeah so uh if you want to know what a chicken run shooter is of course you do need to go and check that out that's a an excellent episode full of funny things that we talk about 
and uh, you'll learn what we meant by Chicken Run Shooter. And then, of course, there's Once in a Blue Moon. We're talking about uh, the games that we play rarely, or Once in a Blue Moon. Yeah. Uh, one of our most bland episodes yeah, the... due to us listing filler genres. Yeah, yeah we, we so talked about... Obviously, not, not for everyone, but yeah. Yeah, we talked about sports games, racing games, fighting games, and MOBAs. Like, only MOBAs, you know, you've played yeah. a, a bunch, and, you know, all the others are, like, genres we don't regularly play. So, the next one was Just One More Turn, puzzle games and turn-based strategy, and then, of course... Ending the Waltz, which was bland episode number two. Because <laughs> again, we were just talking about kind of yeah. just really mopping up the last few things that we wanted to talk yeah. about. And it wasn't stuff that we really did that much. Yeah, we. A lot of this podcast obviously is our personal preferences, what we think, what we enjoy. It's not really supposed to be fully balanced coverage, if that makes sense. <laughs> I'm sure that that will narrow down <laughs> our listener base quite substantially, but this is... Everyone is biased. Absolutely. Well, I mean, and this is, this is at the moment at least, this is a passion project. It's not really supposed to be something that's... Oh, um, no. A, news, a newscasting thing. Uh, yeah, it's, we do. It's very much more supposed to be kind of lifestyle, what we enjoy, banter, things yeah, like that. Yeah, we don't so, need more, like... Yeah informational channels or like podcasts yeah who who needs who needs balanced reasonable coverage <laughs> i mean well gosh how sober do you have to well, be man yeah, this is this is the internet in 2018 we need more we need more unicorns that's that's what we need so um so we ended the janitor's waltz episode nine and then we went on a little um a little detour. We finally got back to Destiny 2. <laughs> no, no. We, no. we got back to our roots. We, be, we can't resist talking about this game. What is it with this but game? Before we, we did, before, we, before we, we came back and talked about Destiny, we disappeared for like a few months. Yeah, like a billion years. We just kind of, yeah. We oh didn't have an episode in, in July. We didn't have one in August. We had like a... That was when I was moving house though, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. So I had a really tough time. And then... You know, I was on on vacation in September, so all we were able to put out was like a special short episode with, with like an update uh, in September, which was called Pre Preventing Perspective, but it's not in the list. It's not important. But then we made our big comeback with uh, Destiny 2 Forsaken coverage in episode 10. And you might you might ask, why did we come back to Destiny 2? Why couldn't we leave it alone? Why? Will this topic never die here on XPG? And the answer, of course, can only be one phrase, and that is, because that's what Guardians do. Which, of course, is is the title of the episode. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant, indeed. So again, if you haven't checked that out, if you don't know what that meme means, if you're not laughing and you're wondering why the heck we keep saying, that's what Guardians do then you really need to check that out. It is a barrel of laughs and a half. I don't know how a half barrel works in concept, but I swear to you, you will enjoy yourself if you go and check that out. Yeah. It's probably our most listened to episode as well, isn't it? I think it, it is, yeah. Yeah, I think we, uh, we went out on a limb there and tagged it with Destiny 2 and that uh, kind of piggybacked on their success just a little <laughs> bit. So, yes. Yeah. Hashtag selling out for views <laughs> or selling out for <laughs> listens, I guess. Yeah, we, but, we, yeah. we really sold out there. Um, yep. Absolutely. Uh, so then thrown into the deeper end. <laughs> yeah, I sat down with Jeers during your absence. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it took a, it took took me and him a while to get it, you know, out there to get it fixed. Mm -hmm. um, 
because this was of course our first uh, live recording so we had like two mics in the same room and you know it was uh you know some technical challenges presented themselves absolutely man well it's um, always going to happen when you uh you know when you ditch your all-star co-host yeah right yeah that's true right it's that's what you get for great. not being loyal man you cheated <laughs> on me with another co-host <laughs> so, yeah, no regrets jeers uh talked about a bunch of stuff uh interesting games i think most mostly games you haven't played so it kind of was a an interesting different perspective i think mm -hmm. yeah uh, and imagine. of course a, a different format as well like a live discussion it's it's different from what we usually do yeah which is kind of a shame really i, I really wish that we could do this but for anybody who doesn't know of course i'm in the uk and uh silver is uh, in belgium at the moment so with the geographical divide that that creates, uh, obviously it's not going to be quite the same type of discussion. You just can't really have the same conversation, or at least I, d I don't think so. You can try. You can yeah, try. You, you, you can approximate that. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's also you know I would say oh let's meet up in the middle, but that would be in actually like on a on a boat on the North Sea, so that's going to be rather difficult. I was actually um, just thinking like we could do it Bioshock style, just like build a city at the bottom of the ocean and yes. like have it be XPG central. It's like our secret volcano base. It's just, yeah, that'd under be awesome, North, man. Under the North Sea. Yeah. That sounds good to yeah. me. You know, I'll, no, I'll... actually, you know, screw it. We'll just set up a table in the channel tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> just like right there with trains just roaring past every couple of minutes. Like actually, how often do trains go down the, down the channel tunnel? I have no idea. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure, uh, I'm guessing sure most frequently. of them would be. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it, it doesn't really matter. Um, at some point, at some point, we do hope to be in the same place at the same time. We'll keep you posted if that ever does become a possibility. At the moment, I'm still working hard at my new job. Hopefully, hopefully, the financial situation for me is going to clear up relatively soon. And we're going to be able to do some more cool stuff in the near future. So again, watch this space. We are going places. I know uh, up until now, this has been a, a very simple kind of garage podcast in a sense um but Which yeah we do fine. definitely have yeah we're having a lot of fun doing it i hope for everyone who does listen where you're having a good time listening of course and you're enjoying yourself when you do attend uh we do appreciate every listen at this point because we all very we are on a very small scale um but yeah we do have plans to grow this over time and hopefully we don't i don't think either of us really want to become super famous or anything but it would be fun no. to have a few hundred listeners uh that would be really yeah. nice I yeah. think I, the first goal that I have is like 50 listeners that tune in frequently. Yeah, that'd that be would cool. be great. I do think we need a little bit more content before that's going to happen. Yeah, we're going to need I, to uh, up our marketing as well. Yeah, that's also true. That's also true. Like I, uh, I was actually talking to one of my uh, one of my workmates about the podcast, and he was saying, uh, I can't remember how it came up. I think we were just talking about video games at one point, and uh, I said that I actually do a podcast, and I mentioned something that we had talked about. Um, probably monetization because that's the uh, the episode that comes up the most frequently. It's the most natural segue, I think, when you're talking about video games with a a person who's not normally super into gaming. The yeah. the thing that tends to come up is the business aspect of things, and you say, oh, you know, monetization in video games, blah blah blah. So um, yeah. that tends to be the one that comes up for me. And I mentioned it, and he said, oh, do you really? Uh, are you just pulling my leg? Are you just joking? I was like, no, I actually do a podcast. He's like, how many listeners do you have? I was like, well, you know, like 10. <laughs> so <laughs> not, not very many, <laughs> not very many. I was like, but, but we're enjoying what we're doing. We do want to keep going. We do want to grow it. Uh, we just have to market it more, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. And he actually started listening to, uh, to our podcast. So I don't know okay. if we're going to have a few more listens in the, in the near future, but one of the cool things that he asked me was actually why I don't 
promote it more. And I was like, yeah. well, what do you want me to do? Like run around in the office telling everybody like, hey, I have a podcast. Mm -hmm. Look, here it is. Let me link you. Because I, I think really that's going to push people away more than anything, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But yeah, we will we will get to that in due time. We did have thrown into the deeper end. That was of course the uh, the alt host special in a little yeah. bit of a different format, as you've as you've mentioned. And then we had XPG eleven, the multi story outhouse effect. That's oh right. yeah, yeah, which I think is the funniest moment in the show so far. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, we're generally we're generally on the upswing. Like we we do seem to be trending in a in a good direction, I would say, um, in terms of humor and what's going on and the things that we talk about. So, yeah, hopefully we're getting better as podcasters, obviously. And uh, yeah, that's always going to happen with practice, I suppose. So, and then you know, the next episode is this one. So welcome. So welcome, uh, and welcome uh, to the present day. Ooh, the world of tomorrow. We've caught up, but that doesn't mean much because we're going to be going back to the start of the year. We're going to be doing a little recap of what happened this year. So, a bunch. We going we going to break it down, yep. We saw some some interesting trends throughout the year. Uh some some interesting things happened, some interesting games were released, some interesting games exploded all over 2018 in in good ways and bad ways. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um so we're going to do a little recap of some of the most important events or like things we figured, you know, we talk about. We're going to be talking about some of the major game releases that we've been following slash have played slash have enjoyed watching burn. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. So let, let's get started with that. So um, at the start of the year, something interesting happened. Epic Games uh, of Fortnite fame, but you know, Fortnite was not super hyper popular in January yet. So just, just to do a quick recap here, Epic Games is probably one of the most prestigious developers of yore, really, because they, they did all kinds of really popular titles like Unreal and Unreal Tournament back in the day. Yes. Um, at, in, in their heyday, they were a huge developer. They were right up there with id Software doing Quake and things like that. Um, id is probably better known nowadays for Doom, of course, um, because yeah. of the recent reboot in that franchise. Um, but Epic seems to have fallen a little bit by the wayside in terms of their own in-house development. And they're, they're probably best known now for their engine, which is the Unreal Engine. Uh, of course, originally developed for Unreal and Unreal Tournament. That's right. Um, but now that's become an engine that's very, very popular in a lot of games. So yeah, they, they just seem to have kind of disappeared out of the development scene. So now they're probably best known, as you've said, for Fortnite. But yes. uh, yeah, as you were going to say, I think, if you want to pick up again... Yeah, they had a few other games, and one of those games was Paragon, a uh, special oh. kind of MOBA game, right? Paragon, I miss that game so much. I truly do. Yeah, I really enjoyed Paragon. I was I was a, a real champion of Paragon. I, I recruited everybody that I knew into playing it, but uh, unfortunately, it was not to be. I only played it once at your uh... my behest. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, me begging you, basically. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm not a big MOBA person, as I've said before, so. Uh... I didn't yeah. really play it much, but I know that there were, in, in fact, yeah, quite a few people who really enjoyed the game. But then in, in January of this year, they announced that they were going to close down the game, shut it down. And uh, in April, the game was basically taken offline. Yeah. So for anyone who's not really that familiar with, with Paragon, uh, the, the big selling point of it essentially was that it was like an action MOBA. And what they were trying to do was introduce a much higher degree of mobility and verticality and faster paced combat into the MOBA genre. So it plays like a MOBA, but it's in a third person perspective. If anyone's familiar with Smite, 
It's a lot like that, but where Smite is played on a very flat um, arena, battlefield, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this one was um, placed an emphasis on verticality, different platforms, different levels that you could be on. It had a lot of more spatial related mechanics and things like that, a lot more movement involved, fast movement in particular. Um, so you could think of it as being much more of an arena style game, but a lot of people basically, it's just, like a lot of Epic games, it seems to have fallen in between a bunch of different strong points and ended up not really meeting with a lot of people's expectations. But at the same time, it did really please a certain cult following. There was a group of players that did play it regularly who were very dedicated to the game. I was one of those people. Um, and when they, when, when Epic, I should say, joined the, after, after PUBG came out and there was the huge battle royale craze there for a while, Epic Games decided to jump on that and they released Fortnite, which is now probably the defining battle royale game on the market. Yeah, to be more precise, they actually just added a battle royale mode to Fortnite, which was already a PvE game at the time, and it was yes. in early access. But the extremely smart thing that they did was they took the game, basically made a battle royale mode for the game, and then they made it free to play that yeah. mode. As opposed to PUBG and everything else, which you had to pay for. And uh, because Fortnite was also an ailing franchise, this is the interesting thing about, about this whole situation, because Paragon was probably their best performing game at the time. I don't know. Like, it was probably a toss-up between Paragon and Fortnite PvE. Yeah. And then they neither one was really doing that well, but Paragon was still getting pushed because it was proportionally successful. And then, of course, they added the Battle Royale mode. They made it completely free. It immediately blew up, and... They essentially just said, Epic just said they, they had limited resources and they had to devote everything that they had to Fortnite BR, basically, because that was the big thing that was performing and they ended up actually shutting down Paragon as a result of that. They just had to essentially uh, reallocate their resources to what was paying the bills. Um, it's easily their biggest success in recent years. So it, it really makes sense as a decision, but unfortunately it did result in the total loss of a game, which is bizarre. But yeah, you were you were going on. Yeah, so, and then of course, uh, with Fortnite, they ported the game to pretty much any device in existence, right? They ported it to the phone, they ported it to the Switch, to the consoles, so that everybody could play the game. But what they did do with the Paragon uh, assets is they made them available for uh, for free. Yeah, I know, there's, there's so much. This is one thing that has to be said about Epic. They are really phenomenal as a software technology company, like a software engineering company, because they got Fortnite really onto every platform so fast, so efficiently, so effectively, they started capitalizing on the merchandising aspect and everything else. Really, really impressive. And um, as you've said, they also made all the Paragon assets completely free for any developer to come in and use. So now there's multiple people who are using those assets to rebuild Paragon from the ground up. Really, really interesting the way they've decided to play that situation. Um, but yeah, I keep cutting you off here. This is something that's very close to my heart. So I'll let you talk. So one more thing I wanted to say is, of course, Paragon died, uh, and then Fortnite exploded. Do you know the one thing that was not in Fortnite that a lot of games started doing this year? I wish I could say loot boxes. But that's actually quite correct, right? There's the Battle Pass in 
Fortnite. So it's not a loot box system that they have in there. Well, that's not that's not strictly correct though, because one of the things that Fortnite PVE was slated for was the fact that all of your progression depends on loot boxes. Right. No, I'm mm-hmm. I'm specifically talking about the uh, the battle royale component. Yeah. This is another thing that's worth noting, actually, because uh, Tencent, the huge Chinese investment firm, actually holds a uh, very large minority share in in Epic Games. And 51%, I believe, is still owned by the CEO. And uh, he has publicly stated that he will never allow Tencent to get a majority. Uh, presumably, one of the conditions of Tencent's investment in Epic Games' continued survival is that they have loot boxes in their games, and so they had to do that. But um, we've generally seen from Epic a huge amount of really a huge amount of heart in the way that they handle these situations, making all the assets from Paragon free. And then as you're saying right now, refusing to put loot boxes in or making, making, making an alternative for loot boxes in their single biggest game. That's true. That's very correct. And we're seeing this kind of sh- uh, stakeholder influence in, in a, a bunch of franchises. Yeah, really. But we'll get to that when we get to that, because uh, also earlier in the year, of course, we did have the loot box crisis of 2018. Oh my gosh, yeah. With uh, with Battlefront 2. Oh dear. Where you could effectively get all of your progression from loot boxes, kind of like what you said was the problem with Fortnite, um, Fortnite's PvE component, right? Yeah. Well, I think in uh, in Fortnite, it was completely dependent. There's no other way to progress except by getting loot boxes. I don't know if that was the case in, in Battlefront 2. I know that Battlefront 2 was definitely kind of pay to win, um, in a sense, because you would take literally months and months to get any significant uh, advancement. I'm not sure, though. I haven't played the game myself. Do you know more about it? I've not played Battlefront 2. I didn't get it. For, uh, you know, because it was getting absolutely slated everywhere. So, uh, but I did see a bunch of reviews and a bunch of uh, coverage of the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, it, you know, historically speaking, in, in Battlefield and Battlefront games before, made by DICE, you have a linear progression system. Uh, so at certain XP intervals, at certain levels, you get certain equipment. That, you know, is the, the standard progression curve. So after X amount of hours, you can expect to have said guns, you know, unlocked. So was that true for Battlefront, the original Battlefront yeah. game? Yeah. Yeah, because presumably everyone's expectations would have been based on that. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what happened. Um, that system was scrapped in favor of a loot box system. So all your progression, all your weapon drops, all your, like, Special characters you can unlock, um, the Jedi and the Sith, um, are all based on what drops from loot boxes as well as upgrades to those characters. So, you know, if you're investing a significant amount of money, you could get drops really quickly and you would, you could basically break the progression curve, right? So if you were a day one player who dropped a bunch of money on the game, you could get a lot of stuff ahead of time that other people would basically just have to grind for if they didn't want to you know, put any money in there. Like, okay, I want the best guns right now. Okay, I'll just drop, you know, X amount of dollars on the game. And then you're certainly going to get, you know, better equipment. Yeah, you're going to gamble your way to uh, to more power, essentially. Yeah, it's like, you know, imagine one of the earlier Battlefield or Battlefront games and just imagine paying for basically leveling to a certain level. Like, okay, now you're level 50 by paying us 50 bucks or something. And you'll yeah. get all the benefits that, you know, 
Except come with it's that. not even it's not even guaranteed. It's literally like getting on the bus and yeah. giving the bus driver, I don't know, a dollar, and he just presses a button and you get a certain number of miles. Yeah. And if you can't get to your destination with that many miles, you give him another dollar and you just need to keep repeating this until you eventually get where you want to go. It's kind of ridiculous. They used to have uh, a catch-up system in Battlefield for players who joined the game later because, of course, the disadvantage of this is um, when you start to play the game and, you know, people have been playing for one year or two years or, you know, however many years the game's been out yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then you're kind of behind. So they did have, like, shortcut kits is what they called it. And then for, like, 15 bucks, you could get um, the entire, like, all the unlocks for the engineer, for example, just to give you a, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, to give you that boost, which I think is also kind of faulty gameplay design, <laughs> you know, like, you should be able to perform just as well or, like, sufficiently well with the base kit as you would with better guns. Like, I understand that you want to get different guns and different loadouts, and there needs to be some progression, but it should not, like make you overpowered or something like that because that also just breaks balancing i remember seeing and, and this is was hilarious to see people who were getting access to darth maul at the start of the game and uh -huh. then they just slaughtered everybody because darth maul was so overpowered you know compared to every other character yeah pretty crazy stuff but yeah so that was the the loot box uh, conundrum and a bunch of people really railed against Battlefront. As an interesting side note, just to interject before we move on here, so was that was that loot box system exactly the same way as they had already been running FIFA and other sports games? It's uh, a good question. I think the way they're doing FIFA is even more outrageous, probably. Yeah, because it, it runs on a very similar system, doesn't it? But for yeah. some reason, those sports games seem to attract a much more casual audience who don't really seem to object to that as much as the hardcore gaming audience does. Mm -hmm. So for people who are fans of, I don't know, games that are more strictly fantastic in nature, I guess, they're not just like sports or, or realism games um, like that, you're, you're attracting a different kind of audience, people who are looking for that, that fictional environment like Star Wars and so on. Mm -hmm. um, it's really interesting to see the division there because this more casual audience doesn't seem to have any problem paying all this money in order to get ronaldo or whoever i'm kind of um, curious i would like to see the numbers that on that because i don't know how many people who are just you know these casual people playing fifa and whatever um i want to know how many of those people are actually like paying money to get stuff it's probably uh you know the usual whaling situation honestly Maybe. I had to guess. I mean, there's there's a definite possibility of that, I think, for sure. Um, but it's probable that some of these people are more likely to, you know, okay, let's drop 10 bucks on FIFA or whatever, because if that's the only game they play, then it is not entirely unreasonable to say, okay, so, you know, I bought FIFA, it's like 60 bucks or whatever, and I'm going to drop over the next year $120 on, like... FIFA cards, like, or FIFA packs or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Because that's going to boost my, uh, my online team. Yeah. And I, you know, I know, I know that people do that. I've heard that. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, at some point, this must be something that actually makes money. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there, I mean, I haven't heard a huge outcry about this, even though it's been going on in sports games for years. Yeah. 
Yep, yep, yep. It's only gotten mm-hmm. worse, and you know now it's becoming. It's not now. This garbage is getting into our mainstream games, and of course, yeah, you know, people who have been playing mainstream games are. I think they they like this bullshit less, and this is why, of course, there was such a heavy reaction, uh, like a counter reaction to this uh, loot box system. And uh, now, I guess, uh, a bunch of publishers have decided that it is you know a bad idea to put these in. And uh, well, as usual, I mean, it's it's the typical thing that somebody always comes up with a good idea and then just takes it way too far. And until somebody takes it way too far to the point where it even gets legislated against in some countries, because I think they have legislature against that now in Belgium, don't they? Yeah, they where do. you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. I don't know about here in the UK. Um, here in the UK, we have other issues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, yeah that's you... that's a whole other podcast episode yeah it's true so. but you cannot you for example you cannot buy loot boxes in overwatch here um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they've Heard removed those there are a bunch of games uh, a bunch of gacha games shut down in belgium wow. like the final fantasy ones i think on mobile uh so yeah right. it's uh it's interesting to see that happen yeah uh, the legislation and uh you know more and more countries and uh governments seem to be interested in investigating this yeah. Well, really, I mean, the, the video games industry is a bit of a wild west right now. If you think about it, we're we're in the video games industry. We are, sorry, in the video games industry now, where the movie industry was probably back in the 1970s, 1980s, where people were working for projects. They didn't know what it was. They didn't know how much they were going to get paid. They didn't know how much feedback they were going to get in terms of commission. Yeah. I mean, there was somebody earlier on this year who was uh, voice acting for, I believe it was Fallout 4, mm-hmm. and had no idea that they were doing that. Yeah. So they were sitting there in a studio recording, having absolutely no idea what they were doing that for and how much they were going to get paid for it. It was yeah, just like, yeah, what? Yeah. It was absolutely crazy. So a bunch of people on Twitter have been like some of the big game journalists, uh, you know, those types of people have been clamoring for what is effectively a video game developers union, you know, to be created. But because a lot of development is also based in the U.S., it's kind of difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know what? And also just, What's, you know, it's a, it's an international thing. So what are you going to unionize? Are you going to unionize, unionize, you know, globally? How are you going to well, do that? Like, it's that's, it's that's probably going to end part. up being the, the same way that it is in the movie industry, I would imagine, because a lot of the work actually ends up being very similar. Um, so I was talking to somebody about this recently, and somebody mentioned to me that they were actually in some amateur films for, you know, post-university projects in order to build up a portfolio, things like that. Uh, nothing, nothing weird, just to, <laughs> just to be really clear. But, um, it was something like they, they had to get a haircut for this one movie and, yeah. uh, they got, they got paid extra because they had to get a haircut in order to, to do the movie. And there was, there was a, a rule about that in the movie industry. If yeah. you have to make any changes to your body in any way, um, and there are different prices basically for everything. Like if you had to do this, if you had to do that, if you speak in the movie versus if you don't speak, and so on and so forth. Yeah, just I, I would imagine that there will probably be a lot more of that in the video games industry within the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah. But um, anyway, before we get too far off track, because we've now gone into monetization, which is a yeah. huge gravity well for us. And uh, we've ended up now in, in legislature, which is never a good place to go. Um, uh, let's move on. So we've uh, we've also seen a lot of changes with development studios. I don't know what it was. That that's one of the notes that we've got. What did you yeah. mean when you when you put that down? I'm looking at the the thing here as well. I don't actually know what I meant with that. <laughs> While you look into that, we've already we've already touched on the explosion of Fortnite. But of course, 
that was a, a huge event in 2018. Uh, the, uh, the battle royale genre in, in general just took off completely. And, uh, Fortnite, oddly enough, ended up completely dominating that. Of course, PUBG was arguably the first really big name in that genre. Um, but it was so fraught with technical issues and various other things that even though it was very popular, they weren't really able to capitalize it in the way that they arguably should have been. And it ended up with, uh, Fortnite kind of taking over the genre. Uh, the makers of PUBG, even um, sued. So uh, PUBG, for anyone who doesn't know, is Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and uh, they ended up suing. I think uh, Epic Games over Fortnite, essentially stealing their genre, or something like that. At one point, uh, they ended up giving up that lawsuit, I believe, or it was dropped. I can't remember exactly how that played out, but I don't believe that Fortnite ended up getting sued. Um, mm-hmm. Fortnite then started taking some of their own players to court for cheating, which was a very interesting move on their part. Um, yeah. And then, of course, there was Boss Key, oh my gosh, and the failure of Lawbreakers, which could not have been any yeah. bigger, <laughs> really. Yep. After all the media that was put out and, um, oh my gosh, what's this guy's name? The uh, the CEO? Cliff Cliff Blazinski. Cliff Blazinski, of course. So, I mean, he was one of the big names in the gaming industry, uh, came out with his uh, Boss Key. Boss Key Productions, I believe, was the name of the studio. Yeah. And he was right. uh, once again talking about how this was going to be the next billion-dollar idea, and it ended up just being a several-million-dollar flop, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Lawbreakers was kind of weird. It's like it was trying to be Quake, and it was trying to be Overwatch, and it was trying to be a lot of things, and ended up being none of them. And somehow, I think everybody kind of felt the same way. I remember playing the open beta and thinking, this is good but I don't really care. Yeah. This doesn't have whatever it is that causes me to really get excited about a game. I don't know what that is, but whatever that X factor is in most games. And a lot of people got drawn into overwatch immediately. Yeah. I think a lot of people said that like there was nothing that the game did better than overwatch. And a bunch of people were saying, um, I think even total biscuit said this, Rip Total Biscuit. Yeah, that the tutorial was not good enough, that the tutorial did not explain the interesting concepts of the game well enough to kind of get people interested in the game. So yeah, the importance of tutorials uh, cannot be uh, maybe, overstated. Maybe, but I, I would definitely say that there was a lot in the game that didn't really seem to fit. It's like there were a lot of things that were just kind of thrown in together because they were good ideas, but there didn't seem to be that overarching feel yeah. Or that overarching theme, there wasn't a real strong unity of concept that existed. Mm-hmm. It just ended up feeling generic to me. <clears throat> yeah. And generic is not captivating in any, any way, shape, or form. Um, that uh, probably brings us, on the subject of captivating games, that probably brings us very naturally to the next point, which is the most popular games of the year. Uh, did we have a list of those? Uh, but anyway, I, I did uh, I did find what I meant with uh, the uh, changes with development studios. Mm. So maybe we should get back to that first. Um, yeah, definitely. So a bunch of stuff happened to a bunch of different studios and, you know, important people left or joined or whatever, you know, different studios. Uh, and there were a bunch of quote unquote major events uh, this year that happened that I think are, you know, just worth mentioning. So... You may remember THQ Nordic. I don't know if we covered them on the podcast here. I think we did briefly discuss THQ. 
I think we've, yeah, we've mentioned them once or twice at some point, but yeah. Yeah, so THQ Nordic uh, is, you know, what the company is called now. Uh, it's no longer the THQ of the, of, of you know, your, of the, the old one. Um, but they have like a bunch of franchises um, that they have purchased or like purchased the rights to, which uh, which was an interesting thing. Uh, and then, of course, earlier this, um, I think it was in December, right? They released uh, Darksiders 3, which is one of the franchises they kind of were able to get uh, when they were auctioned off when THQ originally died or, you know, was, you know, got bankrupt. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, they have so many franchises. I think it's interesting to see what they're going to do with them. Just, you know, I just want to put that out there. Um, but yeah, some interesting stuff happened. So let's see. Vivendi ended their attempts to acquire Ubisoft, which was interesting. That was in March. Okay. So Vivendi is, are they just a big, uh, development firm? Are they a big investment firm? They are, are a mass media conglomerate. Basically they have like uh, investments in all kinds of stuff in music, television, film, like ticketing, you know, tele so kind of like, telecommunications. Uh, the, yeah, they're they're kind big... of like they're kind of like Time Warner, basically. Yeah, and they wanted to exploit uh, Ubisoft. Basically, they they wanted to do a hostile takeover. They ended their attempt because the people who owned majority stock in Ubisoft, I think, were able to consolidate. Consolidate. Yes, that's right, and. Um, all of those 30 million shares that they had were sold to other companies, including some of them to Tencent, <laughs> your oh worst boy. enemy. But yeah. uh, they, they, they will never have, nobody will ever have basically majority stake in Ubisoft besides like, I think it's the Gilmo brothers that own the company. I'm not sure. I seem to remember something of the sort. Man, um, I really hope that these companies don't end up selling out to investment firms. I hope they don't have to. I hope not, but uh, apparently since March 2018, it is the fourth largest publicly traded game company in the Americas and Europe. After Activision Blizzard, Electronic Arts, and Take-Two Interactive. So basically, they're like the fourth biggest uh, company. If you're unfamiliar with Ubisoft, they have made some franchises like Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Just Dance. They've they've made Prince of Persia. It's been a few years, but they, they used to make that. Rayman, uh, Tom Clancy's, you know, those games um, were all by Ubisoft. Yeah. So that's uh, like Splinter Cell, The Division, all yeah. those. Yep, exactly. And Rainbow, and Rainbow Six, of course, as well. Yeah. The way they have changed their monetization strategies over the last two years, I think, has been a positive trend. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, really. I think that I, I also just wanted to mention that I'm grateful then that the uh, hostile takeover failed because I'm pretty sure they were very pro loot box and like, you know, um, well, really monet that's monetize everything. Yeah. Um, it was probably, it was really, it was during the, uh, it was during the loot box craze that this was really at, at, at its peak as well, this takeover attempt, I think. And so probably this was Vivendi's cash grab attempt. Well, um, yeah, no, it, it, it it's been happening like the takeover like news about that stuff was circulating years prior like this is something that's been going on for years i think actually but it came it came to a halt during the crisis effectively yeah um the great loot box crisis of 2018 <laughs> yeah, the the great money famine of 2018 yeah um but yeah no that's uh that's very true i think uh probably when loot boxes came to the fore and then completely collapsed 
it was immediately obvious to Vivendi that it probably wasn't worth their investment at that point. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's why. Because, I mean, realistically, loot boxes were definitely a growing trend up until that point. And it was just, it was brought to the fore, kicked into high gear, however you want to look at it, by Fortnite coming out with only loot box progression. And then, of course, Battlefront, which was a much more famous game, uh, having nothing but loot boxes for its progression as well. Um, and of course, there were loot boxes in uh, in Overwatch, which some people were already a little bit yeah. sketchy about. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that kind of brought it to people's attention. But in in Overwatch, at least, it wasn't a performance mechanic. No, it was not. Yeah. It was just skins. So a lot of people didn't know. I think a lot of people were on the fence about that. But then Battlefront just took it too far. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, though. So yeah, that's uh, changes with development studios. Yeah, but there's more. Hold on, we're not done yet. Ho, 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 ho. Oh boy. Okay. A few, th- few more things. So in April, uh, Valve bought Campo Santo. I don't know if you know Campo Santo. That's the studio that made Firewatch. Right. Which is interesting. Okay. Uh, in May, then uh, Bosky Productions by Cliff Blazinski shut down. That's the studio that made um, Lawbreakers. Lawbreakers. Yes, that's right. In June, a bunch of stuff. Uh, was announced by Microsoft that they acquired a bunch of studios, including uh, Playground Games, Compulsion Games, and Ninja Theory. I think the the two most known of those are Playground Games, uh, who are responsible for the Forza series, and uh, Ninja Theory. Um, Those guys have made Devil May Cry uh, and Hellblade's Senua's Sacrifice. Yep. Excellent titles. Excellent titles. Um, excellent titles. Yes. Okay. So the last, the last item on on the list of publisher things that happened was, of course, in September, when at the end of the month, Telltale Games announced that they were going to have to shut down, uh, and they laid off all of their staff and canceled all of their games. And yeah, then, such a shame, really, because it was a really interesting studio. Yeah, and then of course, uh, the studio behind The Walking Dead swooped in. And uh, was able to save the the, the last season of uh, The Walking Dead season three, I think it's what it is, because Yay. it was they originally announced that the game was not gonna get a conclusion, um, but fortunately, you know, all the fans were in uproar, and you know, the studio behind the uh, The Walking Dead, uh, they have like they had like a little video game division, I think, were able to acquire the assets and a bunch of the people who worked on the project. So it's still going to be made, and it's releasing next year. Uh, a, a great Excellent. conclusion to uh, a really impressive series, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I only played the first season, but it was very, very well done. And uh, from what I understand, The Walking Dead as a series was probably the best series that they've made uh, at uh, Telltale Games. They've done mm. some other franchises, and, you know, that really didn't interest me as much i the only game that i'm really kind of sad about that they you know of course had to kill as well is the wolf among us season two i did play the first season of that and that was uh really good but unfortunately we're not getting that anyway i think that that was the uh the, the most like interesting industry news i guess let's talk about the game awards winners i think it, it might be interesting to go over the uh, winners uh of the game awards i linked to a wikipedia article where you can see what games won? Basically, um, I don't think there were that many great upsets. Uh, God of War won Game of the Year. Uh, it was really a toss-up, I think, between Red Dead Redemption 2 and God of War. Um, God of War also won Best Game Direction. Um, well-deserved, I think. 
the best ongoing game and uh, best multiplayer game is, of course, Fortnite. Big um, surprise there. No surprise there. And then a, um, Red Dead Redemption won a bunch of awards for best narrative, best score, best music, best performance, best audio design. Wow. That's a, a bunch of categories. The best independent game was won by Celeste. I don't know if you've played Celeste, but Celeste is great. No, I haven't actually. Yeah. I'm going to add that to my my list. Yeah, Celeste is uh it's a really beautiful game. Uh yeah, there were a bunch of other categories here. So what do we have? Uh, best mobile game is Florence, which oh yeah, it's an interactive story and video game. I played a, a little bit of that. It's uh it's kind of cute, really. Um the best VR AR game uh, was won by Astrobot on uh, on PlayStation VR. Um Dead Cells one best action game indeed yeah that was excellent that sounds great uh oh best role-playing game this one you're gonna know monster hunter world mm-hmm. yeah which was uh very much loved by uh, mr jeers and uh lely Putish. yeah and myself i'm kind of surprised by that actually because i'm not normally a big fan of the super clunky souls-like style of combat but uh did actually enjoy the game have to say then best fighting game was won by dragon ball fighter z <laughs> I haven't played that one, <laughs> but no, uh, I hear I hear it's good. Best family game was won by Overcooked, Overcooked Two to be more precise, which I hear is a fun family game. It's cooperative; you have to cook stuff. It's uh, it's chaos, uh, but it's pretty fun. The best strategy game was won by Into the Breach. Um, you know the makers of uh, FTL. So what did you say that was called? That family game, Undercooked. Over Overcooked. Overcooked, overcooked. Two. So yeah, best strategy game was Into the Breach. Best sports slash racing game was Forza Horizon 4, which I don't think is is a big surprise because Forza is really the best and the biggest racing franchise right now, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. Oh, but then again, it's the same category as the sports games. But, uh, you know, since FIFA and stuff and NBA are like rehashed every year, I think it makes sense for Forza to win. Mm-hmm. Then best multiplayer game, I've already said that. That's Fortnite. Best student game is Combat 2018. I don't know what that is. <laughs> By the okay. Inland Norway University of Applied Sciences. Okay. Uh, and then the best debut indie game, uh, The Messenger. By Sabotage and Devolver Digital. I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it's like an 8 or 16-bit game. I think it's a 16-bit game. I don't know what that is, but okay. Okay, so I want to briefly go over um, the games that received multiple nominations because we just went over the winners of each category. Mm-hmm. But I think this gives you a good idea of, you know, what were the games that were either played a lot this year or very well received. So we've got uh, the number, f- the, the first two games with eight nominations each. Wow. God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2. Of course. Yeah. Which I think are that pretty much reflects game of the year right there. Th- these were such great all-round games. Yeah, really. I've, I only briefly played Red Dead Redemption 2. Actually, yeah, it's it's really impressive that it did win game of the year because it was released so recently as well. No, God of War won game of the year. God of War won game of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was the upset because I thought that Red Dead was going to win because it was yeah, I certainly... released fairly recently. Okay, I misheard you. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Is that possibly why? Just didn't have as much time for people to vote on it. No, I don't think so, because Red Dead won pretty much, like, four other categories. 
It just goes to show that uh, memes do beat performance sometimes. Boy. Yeah. He actually did, he did that live on stage, by the way, <laughs> during the presentation. That was great. Of course he did. He had to do it. I'm so happy to win game of the year, boy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Christopher Judge had a really funny outfit as well. So uh, go check that out. The footage is uh, wonderful. Then um, <laughs> seven nominations for Marvel's Spider-Man, which did really uh, good. Yeah. It was, I think it even sold more copies than God of War did. Uh, it sold like a lot of copies in no time. Super popular game. But then again, it's Spider-Man. I'm so impressed though, because they've they've come back to this Yeah, they've come back to this game that fundamentally is basically identical to the game that came out several years ago, um, the original Spider-Man game series. And I'm really impressed the way that they've managed to freshen it up, they've managed to rehash it, and people absolutely love it. It's yeah. actually really impressive how well they've done at that. It could have gone so wrong in so many ways. Yeah, you said a few years, but it was the last Spider-Man game was on PS2. So Yeah. Yeah, really. It's like a decade old or more. Yeah. A few so. a few generations ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah two generations ago. Mm-hmm. So then the next two games received four nominations each, which were Celeste and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which were both also really well received games. I don't think there's much to say about them other than you should go and buy Celeste if you haven't already. It's a great game. Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, is, is also great. It's a very big game. Interesting that you're talking about them on the same level as well, because they one of them looks so simple and the other one looks so grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very different games. <laughs> yeah, uh, needless to say. Celeste is, of course, an indie game. Um Mm-hmm. But it's it's yeah it's absolutely beautiful and it's on pretty much all the platforms so you know why not grab it it's not very expensive either it's not a, it's like the only non AAA game in the list here I think impressive so that is very impressive um okay so three nominations for Call of Duty Black Ops Four which was very well received for its battle royale mode. Three nominations for Destiny 2. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we had exactly the same reaction there. I, I, I guess we were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of curious. What uh, what were they nominated for? It was probably for, for Forsaken. It was probably for Forsaken. Uh, yeah. Destiny 2 Forsaken. Best action game. Best multiplayer game. Best ongoing game as well. Of course, all those categories that I just mentioned were won by Fortnite. <laughs> oh my gosh. So there you go. Um... Detroit Become Human also received three nominations, which uh, was an excellent game. It's one of the few games that I platinumed this year. It was God of War uh, Detroit. And uh, yesterday, I also happened to platinum those uh, Persona dancing games, but they are not game of the year material. Let me tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, Florence also won uh, three nominations. Uh, That is also an independent game, but it's on mobile. Right, okay. So slightly narrower scope there. Yeah, slightly narrower in scope. Uh, Fortnite, of course, received three nominations and won them all, I, I think. Wow. Um, Monster Hunter World got three nominations and Octopath Traveler got three nominations. Yeah, this is another one. I'm looking forward to talking about this one when we get to our major game releases because I haven't actually heard much about this one. Okay, yeah. Have you ever played the classic uh, Final Fantasy games? No. Well... It's kind of like that. 
but I'll tell you more about that when we get to it. Then two nominations for Dead Cells, Forza Horizon 4, Into the Breach, Life is Strange 2, Mario Tennis Aces, The Messenger, Moss, Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom, and finally Return of Obra Din. Some Indeed. of these, some of these I don't know. Actually, Moss I have not played or seen. It's a virtual reality game, apparently. And Return of the Obra Din is a game made by the person who built Papers, Please. It's a puzzle game. Ah, I remember that game. That was that was really very innovative and a lot of fun. Uh, Moss. Yes, Moss. I thought I had heard of Moss before. I've actually got this on my wish list. Um, I don't have any VR stuff myself, mm -hmm. but uh, I actually got it because my my wife, uh, Emeranta, likes mm -hmm. this kind of game, and I thought she would be interested in it. And it, I have to say, it looks excellent. It truly yeah. does. It reminds me. It reminds me very much of uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, actually, in terms of its appearance. Oh yeah, there's a second one of that coming as well next year, I think. Really, I'm looking forward to that then, because uh -huh. that was truly excellent. Yeah, there were two two really well-received uh, VR games this year uh, on PlayStation VR. Moss and um, what was the other one? Astrobot Rescue Mission. Really, really, really beloved, apparently. So yeah, the, the big winners this year were Red Dead Redemption 2, God of War, Celeste, and Fortnite. Well-deserved, I think, uh, for all of those games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really. Okay, so there's one more thing I want to talk about in this recap, uh, for, you know, just in general about this year. And that is something that, you know, um, became a topic like two weeks ago. Uh, and oh, we've right. had okay. some developments here. Historically speaking, when you publish a game on a game store, the publisher gets 70% and the platform holder takes 30 So when you publish a game on Steam, you get 70% of your uh, basically direct sales and steam takes the other 30 percent for operating the platform you know hosting your content etc etc indeed now earlier this year a few months ago i think maybe one or two months ago um discord released their game store their storefront where you can buy games yeah yeah i remember i don't think that really took off uh you know like a lot or whatever i don't know no, like uh, I, I know it exists, but yeah. I, I've never used it. And because all the existing platforms are so huge and because all the major developers, publishers are already coming out with their own platforms, I think they're edging into a market that's very difficult to enter at the moment. Yeah, well, see, that's where it gets interesting because uh, last week Epic Games announced that they're, they were also launching their own store. So they, they have a lot of experience with um, essentially delivering bandwidth and, you know, everything for Fortnite because that game exploded, right? So they yeah. had to, you know, scale up their infrastructure and, you know, scale up their server architecture, etc. Plus, as we mentioned before, I mean, they're they're a really good technology company. Yeah, they, they know general. what they're doing out there. So they basically set up a, a platform and they've announced they're doing a 12-88% split. So that's a big shift and potentially a lot more revenue. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's so we what... might actually see a huge number of, of games going to their platform instead of others, is what you're saying, because it's far more lucrative. That's right. So we've we've seen, well, the chances are people are going to put their games on there. Man, uh, I've got to say, man, I just, I really, can I just take a moment to say how much I respect Epic Games for the way that they conduct themselves in a general sense? 
I mean, I know there was that weird time when they were suing their own players in Fortnite for cheating, which is kind of weird. Seems a little bit of a, a disproportionate reaction. But at the same time, the way that they handle themselves in terms of their their footprint in the games industry has been so positive over so many years. I mean, they provide the Unreal Engine, which can even be free to use. They do, of course, take a percentage of your gross if you do like use it, but it's a relatively modest percentage considering. Interesting that you bring that up because they're waiving that fee if you publish on their platform. Yeah, boom. And that was the next thing that I was actually leading into. And of course, now they are also... I mean, think about it, because they were taking, what was it, like 5% of your gross? Six, 6%, I think. 6% six, 6 of your gross if you use the Unreal Engine, and only 12% if you're on their platform. And now, like you're saying, they're not even going to take 18%, and 18% yeah, right. would, only, would only be two-thirds of what Steam takes. I mean, I really think at this, at this moment in time, I have to say that Valve is going to be under a huge amount of pressure here. They like, are, and they've already really. changed their policy a little. Like, if you have a certain amount of sales, but it's only for the big publishers, then yeah. your fee uh, or your split gets changed uh, so that you say, earn more money. Back in the day, I was such a huge Valve fanboy. Um, after Half-Life 2, Team Fortress 2, right. you know, the orange box days, it seemed like Valve was just doing so many good things, doing it so well, getting it so right. And then Steam, yeah. of course. Nowadays, I have to say, I'm really losing my respect for the company. I mean, the way that they're handling monetization, the way that they're running their company, it just seems like everything is oriented around grabbing as much money as possible. Even the, the recent release of Artifact, their card game. Oh, yeah. Very, right. very yeah. innovative ideas when it comes to strategy in the card game genre. But And, and of course, they're capitalizing on the uh, the Dota 2 franchise, using a lot of the, uh, the content from there as a, a kind of thematic base in the same way that blizzard uses the the world of warcraft lore for um for hearthstone yeah but um just the way that the monetization is set up you're i've i've looked at this and a lot of people are complaining that it's pay to win i've seen other people present different ways that you can play the game without spending huge amounts of money but whether you buy a ton of cards directly or whether you trade for a ton of cards either way Valve is taking a ton of money either because of your purchase or because of their tax on the trading system that they run through Steam. And I'm really, I'm not impressed. But then here comes Epic. I mean, really, I think we could be, we could be seeing the, the second dawn of, of Epic here as a, as a major player in the industry. And I'm really well, looking forward to see how this shapes up. They, they are already a big player just because of Fortnite. They've made a lot of money. Sure, but I, I definitely feel like that was that was very much they've been the tip of the iceberg, if you know what I'm saying. Like the, mm -hmm. the majority mm -hmm. of everything that they've done has been somewhat out of the spotlight. Yeah. And really it was just Fortnite that made them famous, but I think they could become a really huge company and completely blow up uh yeah. with, with this new change. Well, um the Epic Games launcher uh also gives away some games now, like Subnautica, I think, is the current game that you get for free. If you um if you want it. Um, one caveat though, it seems to be there's, there's some people have signaled basically that they think that the way Epic is handling your private details might be a little bit screwy there. Okay. Uh, some people have said that, um, for example, when you get your free game, you get uh, automatically subscribed to a marketing 
uh, email uh, list somewhere. And uh, it's like a, it's a, it's an opt-in thing, but you're automatically opted in unless you opt uh, so out you... yourself, which is kind of against regulation here in Europe. I get you. So people mm-hmm. were saying like with GDPR being the new leg- legislation, you know, this is kind of something you're not supposed to do. People are giving you stuff for free. The usual caveat is, you know, you're the product and all that. But um, yeah, I think Epic Games at this point wants as many people as they can to to get on board with their new launcher and buy their games from there. So, you know, interesting times to say the to say the least. Yeah, I do wonder how that's how that's actually going to shape up though in practice because a lot of these like automatic opt-in things they're kind of annoying. It depends how they're going to manage that information. I mean, surely nobody can be more invasive than Google when it comes to that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's not talk about that. Um, I did have one more thing to say, and that is the Discord store, as a reaction to all of this, have uh, also changed their split, and it's now 90% uh, to 10%. They're taking 10% of your sales, which is an even better deal than Epic Games, unless unless you're running the uh, Unreal Engine. If you're running the Unreal Engine, then it's... uh, what is it? Six ninety four percent. It's pretty crazy. So uh, there you go. Wow. Okay. That is insane, right? Yeah. Really. Okay. Well, let's move on to the major game releases. I think we've already discussed some of these uh, in our uh, little game awards winners um, segment, but let's go yeah. over them anyway. This these are um, ranked chronologically. So we'll start in January. January, we saw the release of Monster Hunter World on uh, PS4, I think. Not on PC yet, that arrived later. But um, Monster Hunter World uh, is, a, is a great game, as per uh, you and uh, Mr. Uh, Jeers and Lilliputter. <laughs> yeah, and definitely. the world uh, the world has agreed Monster Hunter World is a great game. It's not my type of game, but it has been received very well. So uh, if you like the Monster Hunter World games or are interested in slaying monsters this is your game then subnautica released in january and of course apparently uh, that's so i guess it's been out for 12 months and now it's available for free on the epic store interesting uh did you play uh subnautica no i never actually got the chance um i'm still waiting for a chance to really uh dive into that one hey well done so it's an under it's an underwater uh, game I've seen a few uh, brief playthroughs. Uh, it's an interesting game, and it's definitely worth your uh, time. Then in February, we saw the release, uh, the, the re-release of uh, Shadow of the Colossus on PlayStation, I think, which was a notable Indeed. release, uh, given that Shadow of the Colossus is kind of one of those, um, one of those games that kind of changed gaming in a way because it was so big in scope. Uh, it's kind of interesting. They completely remade the game, so it's not a remaster or anything because that game was so old. They just remade it all, and it's uh, apparently very beautiful and uh, supposedly worth your time. I haven't played it myself, but you know, if I had to recommend a game that was released in February, this would be the one. Then in March, a bunch of games were released. Warhammer Vermintide 2, which we did play. Yeah, a lot of fun. That. Truly a lot of fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's... um. Definitely better than the first one, I think. More variety. Bigger central hub. 
we played it a bunch, but I, 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 you know, sometimes I think, oh man, I wish we could have played that more because it was a, b- a bunch of fun. Yeah, definitely. Well, we can still dive back into it. Maybe we should do a, a retro episode at some point when we do. Then we also saw uh, Far Cry 5 release in March, and it apparently did very well. Um, and also A Way Out, which we uh, are going to tackle uh, in the next six months. Yes, indeed. Really looking forward to that We're gonna one. We're going to do a co-op playthrough of that. Then, of course, in April, God of War dropped onto the world. It, you know, was rele- Kratos was released, uh, un- un- unleashed on the world. It's just a phenomenal game. Like, if you have a PlayStation 4 and you have not bought ga- God of War, then uh, shame on you. If, if I mean, if you have a PlayStation 4, you owe it to yourself to at least try out God of War. It is such a good game. Yeah. Boy. Boy. My recommendation is to play that shit. Also in May we got Detroit Become Human, which uh, is also oh, so many yes. so many PlayStation Four games on this list. Uh-huh. Do you know what it is though? And this is something I was uh, talking to a friend of mine about. Um, they were arguing essentially that the Xbox is superior in every way, and I said, "Yeah, but exclusives." That really is the name of the game with the PlayStation Four. Um, so if you have to make that choice, then you can look at the games, and there's pretty much no exclusives on Xbox. And a lot of great single-player exclusives on PlayStation 4. In fact, I would even go as far as to say that for single-player games, I've played more on PlayStation 4 this year than I've played on PC. Is that just because of the Persona titles? No, no, because I haven't played the Persona games uh, this year. That was last year. Uh, it's God of War. It's Detroit Become Human. You know, those kinds of games. Uh, Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption. They're all on PlayStation 4 and they're not on xbox or on pc right now i imagine red dead redemption might see a pc release but we don't know that yet but all of those are playstation 4 or console exclusives um and god of war and detroit become human and marvel spider-man are all playstation 4 exclusives so really it's a great console for single player games and i love single player games so i spent a lot of time playing those games on playstation 4 if i wanted to do something multiplayer related or indie related then i would go and look at pc or switch but Otherwise, like, the biggest blockbusters were on console this year. That's just a fact. No, like, I think that's, it's really the big win for the PlayStation is the games that you can play. And this is exactly the debate that I was having with my friend. And he was like, well, why would you want to play, um, his his argument was, why would you want to play on the inferior machine, which is the PS4? Um, obviously, right. you've uh, kind of said that's not really a huge deal. Um, no, and I said, not. well, yeah, but what's... What's the point in playing something that you don't want to play? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no matter how well it runs, if you really want to play the exclusives, like, you know, <laughs> there's only one option. There's only one so. option. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I have a PC that is like significantly more powerful than my PlayStation 4. And I will play any game on there if it's on there. Right. But the, the truth of the matter is, um, some games are just only available on PlayStation 4. And that's the way it is. And we're going to have to deal with that. Um, to be fair, I used to have more problems with that back in the day because there was a very big difference between a console and a PC in terms of performance. Nowadays, that difference is getting slimmer and slimmer, it seems, with every release of, uh, of the consoles, with each console generation. 
um, because the consoles are getting significantly more powerful. And of course, the mid-cycle refresh, if you really want to have like the best visual experience, there's now an option for you to go and say, I want to buy the PlayStation 4 Pro or the Xbox One X, you know? Um, if you really are, you know, all about them visuals and, you know, stuff like that. If you want, if you care a lot about frame rate, then PC is still going to be the best place to play. Yeah, of course. But it's also by far the most expensive. Yeah, significantly more expensive. Like, yeah, it's not even, it's not even worth comparing, really. Um, if you're willing to drop about three times what you're, what you're kind of dropping on a PlayStation 4, then you can get a PC that's going to outshine your PlayStation significantly. Yeah. But that's a, a big, that's a, that's a chunky cost. You know, that's a big purchase for you. For some people, it makes sense. Like, I'm very happy that I have a PC, a gaming PC. And I'm guessing you are as well. Yeah, very much so. But, uh, there's some limitations. I just, you know, the thing is, like, I keep trying to go back to console. And as much as I really like the idea of an ergonomic control pad, yeah. I just, I hate joysticks. I just hate it. It works well for some games, but it doesn't work well for others. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. I mean, there are always going to be strong and weak points. Like playing racing games with a keyboard can be really lousy. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, like I find that the majority of the games that I'm playing are going to be strategy games where you want to have uh, a lot of accuracy with your with your cursor. Yeah, you can't put They're those out on be... console, really. You can't do it. So... You can try. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, recently we saw, what is it? Diablo Immortals <laughs> met with uh, very much angst. Yeah. That was, that was on mobile, right? Yeah. That was not even on console. No, no, no. But I mean, we're talking about the difference between different, different platforms here. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I do feel that's uh, that's a relevant thing to note. Um, yeah. Well, there, there've been some adoption of, of some games like Diablo three was released on PlayStation and that had um, controller support. And that, you know, plays, it's kind of like Divinity Original Sin, where you can also just pop in the controller and play it with a controller. And that is a totally different experience, but it's also really fun. But for some games like RTS, it just cannot be done well enough. So if you like your strategy games, turn-based games, um, you know, those kinds of games, like city city building games, that's just not available on console. No, no, no. Uh, you know, in a, in you know a way that is as accessible as it is on PC. Yeah, the interface would need a lot of streamlining, a lot of really good innovation to be. Yeah, effective. because come to think of it, I do think like City Skylines was released on consoles, but it has you know the the way you have to deal with the interface. Like you're gonna place roads, like everything is a lot more difficult to do because you you lose the precision of the mouse, right? Anyway, we were in the middle of our major game releases uh, segment here, so why don't we move on? So uh, probably time to jump back into the major game releases. Um, so the last one, you were talking about uh, Detroit Become Human. So in June, uh, we didn't find anything major? I didn't find anything that was worth recommending, I think, personally. Um, maybe, so we, I'm we sure there were some games that were good, but I don't think any that we've played ourselves, right? Yeah, probably the uh, the typical summertime game drought, as it's known. So my recommendation for July is uh, Octopath Traveler. If you have a Switch, uh, it was well, very well received because it's kind of like um, you know those old school Final Fantasy games mm -hmm. with turn based combat and a very kind of you know pixel art visual style to them. 
that's been brought back because, you know, all those new Final Fantasy games are very much um, graphical powerhouses. This one just takes you back and it's all about exploring this world and everything is beautiful art, sprite, sprite art and um, interesting perspectives and stuff like that. And of course, it's got the retro quote-unquote retro gameplay system with like uh, the old battle system and it's uh, supposedly a really good game i played uh, the demo of that game it was a it was a chunky demo uh, so if you are even in the least bit interested in this game you know just go check out the demo you can play for like i think a certain amount of time uh and you can progress uh i don't think there's any actual restrictions so you can just play for two hours on a save and that's it and you can get as far as you want um and you can Play more, but you have to delete your save if you want to do another two hours. I mean, that's a that's a, an interesting way to do a demo, I think. So there you go. Yeah, probably a fair point. So moving on then. So in August, we talked about Dead Cells. Yeah, uh, we talked about Dead Cells. We Yeah, and then, then there's Divinity Original Sin 2 that yep, got of the definitive edition was released then for consoles and oh, a, big, a big update for PC. And yes, we still have not finished it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I know we've been so bad. I mean, there have been so many things that we've just had to put on the back burner. I mean, obviously my uh, my own game that I made, uh, Horizon Out of the Ashes, we've also been waiting to play that. Yeah. We're supposed to uh, have our kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, our uh, our kickstart, jumpstart, restart, <laughs> refresh game, <laughs> yeah. something uh, by the end of the year. Uh, it's not looking like that's going to happen at this point. I got a new job. Of course, our uh, our mutual friend, Mr. Jeers, has also just got a new job. Um, big time for change. Yeah, we were um, going to cover sure. Divinity Original Sin 2, and we were going to cover uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Yeah. Uh, I think the the one that's going to come up first instead of uh, Original Sin 2 is going to be uh, Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually finished the game, but uh, Thane here still needs to go and play that game, so... Uh... Yeah, I know. Have you just done the DLC, or have you actually done the entire game as well? I've done everything that there is to do in that game. Wow, that is impressive. Thank you. I, I I sat down and I was like, I'm gonna go play this game and I'm gonna enjoy it. And it was one of those surprising games that I really enjoyed, actually. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because it didn't get the uh, didn't get the press that the first one did, obviously. No, it didn't. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am truly looking forward to it. So Divinity Original Sin Two, if you're curious, uh, is a is an excellent game. We're going to cover it more in detail uh, in our, you know, like definitive episode, I guess. But um, like if we had to give you like the two minute breakdown or like the two minute recommendation, I think it's very simple to say, like, if you enjoy a single player RPG or if you're interested in tackling a more complex RPG with friends up to with up to three, three more friends. So uh, you can play with four people at the same time then this is the game for you it's it's a sig- it's fairly long i think it's about like 100 hours at least if you want to go through everything um but it's a very rewarding and character building experience <laughs> yeah so, definitely there you go go play that game easily one of the best games of the year yes easily one of the best games of last year and now this year as well, since they've done their upgraded version, yeah, they've 100%. Re- they've revised a bunch of stuff. It's not as significant of an update as Divinity Original Sin One's enhanced edition was, but this is still you know like they've revamped and and looked at I think every component of the game, and rebalanced it. So that is like, I mean that I've I've got a lot of respect for the devs 
at Larian Studios for just yeah, doing really. this. And this is a free update for PC owners of the game. So, yeah, absolutely. You can go and play your existing saves uh, with the old version, or you can choose to play the new definitive version. Um, the one we are still playing is the original version, so we won't have any new comments on what's new in the definitive edition, but uh, suffice to say, it's very much worth your money. Absolutely. Okay. Up uh, onto uh, September, I guess. So my recommendation for September is, of course, again, that PlayStation 4 single-player experience that everyone was uh, just jumping on, Marvel's Spider-Man the the reenvisioned game it's been indeed li uh, since uh the ps2 version of a spider-man game that we've had a good spider-man game and this one is just phenomenal it it just i think it sold better than god of war in the first three weeks or something it like exploded everybody loves spider-man and uh yeah yeah i personally i've played like the first two hours i think of the game I thought the web swimming mechanics were really cool and the gameplay was, you know, fun. I've heard that it's just, it's very tight. It feels it's, right. Yeah. Everything feels good. Yeah. It feels very, it feels very good. I'm going to be honest though. It didn't do much for me personally, but uh, there's so many people enjoying this game. You're probably going to enjoy it. But me personally, I, I'm, I need to give it a good shot, of course. But from what I played, I was not... Um, super amazed or anything but it, it it was very tight let me tell you that the web swinging mechanics are really well done and the biggest problem with a game like that is potentially a world traversal is it gonna feel right are you moving is moving around annoying or is it not and it's very much not annoying in this game it's 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 so much fun to do that uh, so if you if you think that's something that you might like then this is the game for you yeah, definitely. Then, October. This is, of course, one of the biggest and most anticipated games of the year. Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, baby. Is the, rec yeah. is the recommendation out. Okay. This is this is one of those things, like, I'm seriously thinking about going out to buy a PS4 just for this. Yeah. It's, it's something, all right. If you can get your hands on a PlayStation 4, this is one of those games. I think there's, like, three games you should get. If, you, if you're getting a PS4... For the holidays, if you are listening to this on Christmas and you just got a PS4, here's the games you need to get. First, you're going to get God of War. Then you're going to get Marvel Sp Spider-Man. And then you're going to get Red Dead Redemption. And then you're basically going to be set for the next year. <laughs> yeah, kiss your life goodbye for the next several months at least. Because Red Dead Redemption is a very long game. God of War is a fairly long game. And Marvel Spider-Man is an okay game in terms of length. So you kind of have... The entire spectrum there. So you, you have some shorter games and a very long game with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. That is, of course, not to mention the fact that Red Dead Redemption 2 also has an online component where, of course, uh, Rockstar have gone with their uh, GTA 5 uh, option <laughs> where they are kind of doing some scandalous things. So I would not personally recommend, of course, the multiplayer component given that there's like a, this economy of gold and buying buying money with real money is very much still present like it was in uh, GTA 5. So just wanted to put it out there. Even that being the case, the single player is just worth your money. The end. Yeah, the single player is definitely worth playing, 100%. And the other thing with these three games as well that you've mentioned, um, Red Dead Redemption, 
Spider-Man and God of War, I think you've got all three aspects of the single player experience covered as well, because God of War is kind of a, a linear story, um, as is Marvel's Spider-Man. But I think, as you say, like Spider-Man is more kind of short and sweet. God of War. Spider-Man is of, fairly open world, actually. Yeah, it's okay, though. It's a nice balance, I think, between Red Dead Redemption 2 and God of War. God of War, I think, is a lot more linear. So you've got the kind of story-focused aspect of God of War. You've got the semi-open world of Spider-Man, and then you've got the really massive open world of Red Dead. Yeah, so you're, you're just not, whatever you want to play, you've got Yeah, it. the fun part about these three games is you're not really restrained uh, as far as the gameplay is concerned. So um, there's still some stuff to explore, some world to explore in all of these. Uh, so God of War has you just roam around the world, but they are constrained hubs, effectively. There's, It's not an entire open world. Then uh, Marvel Spider-Man kind of expands upon that a little. There's more to explore. There's backpacks to find. But again, there's like story missions there. And then Red Dead Redemption is like a whole... It's Cowboy Simulator 2018. Let's be honest about that. Uh, yeah, to the point where some people are actually complaining that it's too realistic. So, you know. Take that for uh, take that yeah. with a grain of salt, of course. Take that for what you will. But well, uh, yeah. I mean, I've already seen rebuffs to that sort of thing. But yeah, that's getting into a, a topic we don't really need to waste time on. I think um, the level of realism. I think it's not supposed to be a simulator. It's supposed to be fun. So yeah, take take realism from where you like it. You know, but you don't have to. Exactly. So then, my recommendations for November. Um, well, my recommendation is Fallout seventy six. Oh, just sorry, just kidding. Um, of course not Fallout 76. Don't waste your money on that crap. Well, I don't know. You know, I was talking to somebody recently who said, yeah, the game is fundamentally broken, but if you want to, you can actually have a really good time. Uh, this uh, person that I was talking to had good experiences, bad experiences, but really they said it wasn't that different from anything else. There are maybe a few systems that are more broken than others, but um, if you enjoy it, you will enjoy it. If that makes any kind if of sense. If you enjoy it, you will enjoy it. Yes. And you can always you enjoy have, that sort of thing. You, you can always have fun with, with friends. Um so yes, I guess even a even an absolute car wreck like Fallout seventy six could potentially be fun, but I would personally, you know, kind of dissuade you from buying that game for a variety of reasons. The microtransactions being one of them, the technical glitches being one of them. My recommendation for this game is don't buy it. And I am perfectly aware of the fact that Maybe a year down the line, this game is a much nicer experience than it is today. Yeah, that's could also be. very true. Could be. Or it could be that they're completely like dropping it. Um, I think the biggest issue that they have or the, the biggest concern I have is their technology stack. Like the engine and everything seems to not work quite as well as it should. And their engine is already kind of old. So I don't know. Like I'm, I have my concerns as to whether this game will be fixed in a year. But you know what? I hope that the people who bought it, you know, enjoy it. And most importantly, that they fix the game so that those people who did buy into the game, did buy into the franchise, that they will be able to enjoy it. I don't think it's 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 a game for me. And I will, like I said, I will try to dissuade you from getting it today. Because I think it's a it's a clusterfuck at this point. <laughs> Here on XPG, we love to have balanced and moderated opinions. Just throwing that out there. Exactly. So um, we 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 never we never let our own personal opinion color what we say. Obviously, 
if you're listening to this and you're like, it's December 2019 and the game is fine, then by all means get it. But Or at the very least, go and check it out and see yeah, what state it's check. in at the time when you're listening. Exactly. But at the time of, uh, of recording this, I would say it is dubious. It is definitely for some and not for others yeah. at this if, time. If you're like a very big fan of the gameplay loop, of the combat of Fallout 4, for example, then this might work for you. Sure. So if you like fetch quests and shooting these things without VATs because you can't do VATs in a real-time environment, then, you know, this might be your thing. If you want just any little kind of fallout action that you can get, you know, why not? Why not try it out? But then again, you know, maybe there's other stuff you could be playing. Like Pokemon Let's Go if you have a Switch, Boom. which is yeah. my true recommendation for November. Now, this is, of course, a remake of the first Pokemon game. So it has like 150 Pokemon, not the like 800 that you can collect in the newest games. But it is uh, an interesting experience. Um, they added the Pokemon Go mechanic where you have to throw a Pokeball at, uh, at the Pokemon to catch them. And okay. they've also left in, of course, some of the... Actually, the battle system is in there, but it you just don't use it to catch Pokemon anymore. Um, they made it very clear that this is a uh, kind of a spin-off of the Pokemon Go game, or kind of inspired by, I guess, uh, and that this is not a mainline game in the series. So if you're expecting a hardcore Pokemon RPG experience, then you might be disappointed. But if you're looking for a Pokemon game or trying to relive your childhood, if that's what you were playing when you were, <laughs> were a kid, yeah, this definitely. is absolutely the game to get. Phenomenal. Okay, and that brings us naturally to December, I believe. And this, this, this is one of my favorite games of all time. And that, of course, is Super Smash Brothers. Anybody who hasn't played this, you definitely need to check it out. I would ask where the hell you have been over the last 10 years, if you have not heard of this, it's got to be the best fighting game, in my opinion, the best fighting game that has ever existed. It is so much fun, but uh, I'll let uh, I'll let Silver take it away because he's got all the information. We're have to we're gonna have to get you a Switch too, you know. So uh... yeah, we've been well, we've been talking about this myself and, uh, and Emeranta. <laughs> we've been talking about the uh, the investment that we're inevitably gonna have to make. Uh, there's a lot of plans for the new <laughs> income from my new job. Let's just say that. <laughs> That's okay. Great. I look forward to playing uh, some some Smash with you. So Super Smash Brothers Ultimate was released uh, this this month, a few days ago, and uh, it's been absolutely positively reviewed um it's it's a fantastic game it's got so much content but um you know i i i wasn't a big smash player and um last the last generation when the wii u was released i got uh super smash bros for wii u uh that was kind of my my real first exposure to the smash bros uh franchise i had my fun with that game when, uh, for example, Gears came over and we did like this, uh, you know, the Smash tournament, so to speak, we yeah. had uh, we had some but some fun with that. But um, that release did not really have a great single player mode. So if you are new to the franchise or whatever, then this game is going to do much more for you than the the Wii U version did. Not only is this like the biggest ultimate best crossover team up thing in Smash Bros history, but it's also got quite a comprehensive and interesting single-player campaign. So you only start off with the, the basic roster of, I think, six or, like, eight fighters. 
the first few that were in the original Smash. And you have to unlock all the others by going through the single player campaign and beating them uh, as they come along. So they're all kind of challengers and you have to defeat them. And supposedly the single player campaign is so good. Uh, you know, there's people who have been like very competitive about the game and they were like, no, no, no I, I, I want to finish single player f- first. So there you go. Wow. Impressive. Um, so single player is great. Multiplayer is solid. Um, some people were complaining about matchmaking, but supposedly with the new patch that was released, uh, a few days ago, that has been improved as well. So yeah, I mean, if you want to play a fighting game and you don't want to play something hardcore, this is the fighting game to play and it's got all your favorite franchises oh and by the way have you heard who the first dlc character is going to be thane oh hit me what's it going to be it's joker from persona 5 oh my gosh really (laughs) yes wow that's amazing so i bet you can't can't wait for that they announced that during the game game awards and everybody went mad it was beautiful to watch twitter explode it was I, wonderful. I, can't, I really, yeah, this is so insane as well because there's all these like crazy franchises in there. I remember when the first game came out and it was already a complete mess in terms of like franchise <laughs> combat. And now it's just ridiculous. I mean, you've it's, got Solid Snake doing battle with freaking Pokemon. It's ridiculous. It's beautiful. It's so much fun though. Yeah. Truly so much fun. It's it's really well done. So yeah, that's my recommendation for December. Whew. Okay, so that's it for Boom. this year. <clears throat> yeah, so that's basically all the major releases from the year. I think we've touched on just about everything, just about every genre, just about every major game release. Yeah. Pretty Our, impressive lineup, least, really. At least uh, the significant ones, yes. 2018 has actually been a pretty good year. I mean, we also got some really interesting, slightly more niche titles like Frostpunk this year. Really, really interesting games. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That was from the uh, the developer, of course, that brought us uh, this War of Mine some time ago. Yeah, I've actually um, played that. Um which yeah, is great. It's it's, it's, really, it's phenomenal. Really I really enjoyed it. They actually added a sandbox mode to the game a few uh, weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That so, was actually the thing that brought it to my mind as well. Really good stuff. But lots of really interesting stuff this year. 2018 has been an excellent year for games, um, especially for the PS4. But um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've had a fantastic year uh, last year and now this year as well. Yeah. So that, that uh, brings us, having recapped the previous year, that brings us naturally to the year to come, which is, of course, 2019. That's going to be beginning in just a short time, actually, by the time this uh, episode goes live. Yeah. Um, so be yeah. days away from 2019, if you're listening to this. Absolutely. When it comes so out. So we are going to cover for you our plans in the new year so that you know what's coming, things to get excited for here on XPG. Um, of course, yeah. we hope that you enjoy your holidays as well, but... We hope also even more that you'll stay tuned for what's to come in the new year. So that leads us naturally. What are you going to be doing in the new year? Well, I've already beaten Deus Ex Mankind Divided. So I'm going to move my attention away to a few games. And I think the first one that I'm going to be playing next year is Assassin's Creed Origins, which is last year's Assassin's Creed game. Okay. Set in Egypt. Um, I'm, you know, I've historically been a very big Assassin's Creed fan, and I just haven't kept up with the the last two games. So I'm gonna go and I play. I like the word. Uh, I like the word historically there as well because yeah. you're also a huge history buff. Yeah, I really like history. Uh, fascinating stuff. I really like how, um, you know, historical references and uh, just you know, history is respected in the Assassin's Creed games. 
Uh, as long as, of course, you don't buy some of the crazy um, new outfits that you can get uh, in the DLC shop. But um, that's besides the point. I'm going to be playing more Assassin's Creed next year. Um, it's more of an RPG than it was before. They're longer games, so I didn't want to just go and rush through the game yeah, this definitely. year. So I'm going to take my time with that. Um, that's my, my, my two biggest games that I'm going to be playing next year. Uh, of course, there's going to be all kinds of new releases. We'll see when those come out. So Anthem is on my list. It's on my radar. Yeah, uh, definitely. If, if that ends up being a good game, then... Also, it might be worth taking out a quick aside here just to say that for both of us going into the new year, we are going to be pushing the marketing a little bit more on XBG. So we're going to... Now that we've got a few episodes under our belt, we're a little bit more established and we feel like we've got a better rhythm in what we're doing... We're going to start making more of an effort to cover things as they're coming out to be a yeah. little bit more relevant, a little bit more, maybe more time relevant would be the word for it. So do watch this space. We're going to be covering a lot of things as they come out. Anthem is probably going to be our first major effort to do that. Uh, we're hoping to get that relatively soon after release, if not on release. Yeah. Um, so watch this space and we'll be giving you the lowdown on that with the usual XPG spin. Mm -hmm. That's um, right. But as for early 2019, besides Anthem, which we're both going to be covering, um, my plans for early on in the year, I'm hoping to do Deus Ex either at the end of this year or at the beginning of 2019, and then I'm going to go for The Witcher, The Witcher yeah. 3, which I still have not played, unfortunately. Yeah, I did start it, fell in love with I. it immediately, and then did not have any time to continue playing it. <laughs> so I still need to play that fashion. as well. I have this list on my personal website where I kind of track... Uh, the games I loved the most during a particular year. And The Witcher 3 has been on my list as kind of this running gag of, oh no, I still haven't played it. So <laughs> <laughs> um, that's something that I'm going to be looking into uh, next year as well. So maybe we can cover that together. Um, it's been a few years since that game came out. So I think maybe it's been five years next year. Yeah, I think at some point, actually, what we should do is really have a, a short, short recap series for games that if you haven't played them, if you missed them, Games that you should definitely go back and play. We can cover things like uh, Near Automata, uh, The Witcher 3, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, and we can probably do all of that in one or two episodes. And I think that would probably be a really good episode. So stay tuned, guys, and look forward to that. Um, we'll give you the best of what you haven't played. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there was one last thing that we wanted to talk about now that we've covered all the major stuff for 2018, plans for early 2019. Yeah. What is the favorite episode from this year. So obviously for anyone who wants to get involved, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> but um, yeah, what was your favorite episode, Silver, for, for our accomplishments this year? Yeah, we went over the, uh, the episodes, uh, of course, earlier in the show. And I've already kind of hinted at this, but of course my favorite episode of this year is, is the Destiny 2 episode. We've, we've been memeing hard on Destiny 2 for some time. <laughs> yes. And I think that that particular episode kind of shows us at our best. There's some memeing, there's some insightful comments and discussion. And I think we give Destiny 2 Forsaken a fair shake in this episode while being, you know, somewhat funny. So I think it's yeah. the best of XP gains so far. And I hope that we can do more of those episodes that are focused on a single game, like, you know, the ones that are in the pipeline, for example, for Anthem. Like, I want to be able to go into that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, really, if you look back over 
we've we've obviously as as you've said we've revised the year um and a lot of i feel like a lot of what we've done this year in our first year has been mostly to find our rhythm to come up to speed to come up with the style of content that we wanted to cover how we were going to do that we've worked out how we were going to do our intros and outros how we were going to do so many things yeah and we've tried to find a rhythm and a space in our real lives of course in order to keep doing this and i feel i completely agree that um that's what guardians do definitely is the point where we kind of get from covering the past and doing more generic general content that we're mostly doing to give us something to do while we find our feet find our footing yeah. Uh, in this podcast. And I feel like that really brings us up to the present, something that is much more relevant at the time of, uh, of its creation. Um, and yeah, I, I really, I completely agree. I think it, it really is us at our best. It's where we really shine. Um, so yeah. It's also your favorite episode. Yeah. It is also definitely my favorite episode. And you need to check it out. If you haven't, you might be asking why. And the answer, of course, can only be because that's what Guardians do. That's right. You'll get it when you see the episode or hear the episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just compare, just listen to the first 30 minutes of the first episode and then come back and listen to, uh, you yeah, know, the, uh, really. the episode about destiny two, And you're going to be like, wow, that's a big 100%. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I, we've really grown. We've really grown actually a lot of this year, uh, not kind of tooting our own horn too hard, but I'm really proud no. of, of how far we've come. Uh, in this time, I really feel that we've improved as as podcasters. We've grown as people. We've learned more about this entire thing. Yes, it's 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 so amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm proud too. I I hope we can we can continue to bring you more interesting content. And of course, to us right now, the most important thing is that we're having fun doing the show. Yeah, even if there's not ten thousand people listening, that's perfectly fine. As long as the people who are listening are having fun too. That's the, the biggest thing. Yeah. And as long as we don't sell out and um, have a lot of fun, as far as I'm concerned, this show can keep going and we're going to yeah. keep having fun. Absolutely. Well, that is the that is the name of the game. Yeah. The truth is we're going to have these conversations anyway. Like we used to have these conversations on Discord. We just didn't record them. And at this point, we're like, okay, let's just record them and put them out there because... It's fun. And yeah, here we are. So yeah, I don't know. Here we are, absolutely. I don't know how many of you are new listening to this episode, but thank you very much for listening so far. Yes. And if you haven't already, go check out the uh, episodes that have been released so far. If you have a podcast client of choice and you're not interested in visiting our SoundCloud page, then you can go to your podcast client. Podcast is available on iTunes. Um, alternatively, if you don't want to use the iTunes directory or are on some other kind of podcast app where you need to enter a direct URL, you can actually subscribe using the URL bit.ly, so bit.ly, bit.ly slash xpgains. I think it's sufficient if you enter bit.ly slash xpgains. It's also in our SoundCloud, uh, on, on our SoundCloud page, you can also find these links and just enter these where it asks for a URL and then the podcast will be added to your podcast client of choice and you'll receive all new episodes as they come out. And you'll, if you know, if you have uh, something like Apple podcasts or um, pocket casts, or if you are using overcast, perhaps there's all always an option for you to enter a, a direct URL, but you should be able to find us by searching for XP space gains, you know, the name of our show or by uh, going to the link 
bit.ly slash xpgains. That should get you our feed, and then you should be able to go and listen to the latest episodes as they come out. So, Because that's what Guardians do. But yeah, so... Yeah, it was kind of hard to find the feed before, so I've, I'm trying to make this uh, easier for you guys to go and uh, listen to. So if you're, if you're hearing this on SoundCloud and you're like, I would like to have every new episode, then just add us. We really do hope that you do feel that way. <laughs> yeah, we hope you do, because um, otherwise you'll be missing out on some good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anyway, so we, we have been kind of shilling for ourselves for a few minutes now. Um, I just want to take this moment. I think we both actually want to take this moment just to thank all of our listeners, everybody who uh, does spend their time. As we've said, we have a huge amount of fun running this podcast and, and performing for you. Um, as uh, you've said, Silver, we do have these conversations anyway. We just thought we'd record it and throw it on the internet and see if we can maybe spread the uh, spread the fun around a little bit. Um, yeah. We do continue to enjoy this. We hope you continue to enjoy this. Thank you so much for listening. If you are out there and you do tune in on a regular basis, we hope you do. If you have any feedback, of course, uh, we would love to hear it. Um, but for now, I think we've said all that we have to say. Do check out the links if you're interested. We hope that you will. Yep. Um, but thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate every single listen that you drop. Um, it makes a huge difference to keep us motivated in what we do. Um, it's always good to know that we have a little bit of support out there. So, yes. um, yeah, but, uh, I think that's, that's probably all we've got to say for now. Thank you so much again for listening. And as always, wherever you are in the world, we both want to wish you a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Merry Christmas and see you next year. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey.